Before we begin, I'm happy to announce the release of my newest book, Conscious Conduit, A Dowser's Guide to the Business of Ascension. This book is a new addition to my first book released in 2018. In this revised and expanded edition, I go into more detail about how you can use dowsing to expand your own consciousness, improve your life, and how to turn your dowsing hobby into a thriving business. The book is available in print or ebook form and retails for only $9.99. I'll be bringing copies with me whenever I make personal appearances, but you can get your own copy today at Amazon.com. And now, for today's podcast. Welcome to High Vibes with your host, Bill G. At High Vibes, we're looking into what it means to be a fourth-dimensional being in an ever-changing world. We hope that by listening to our podcast, you can feel a greater sense of peace and connection as we collectively raise our energetic vibration to the next level. And now for today's podcast. Hello and welcome to High Vibes. I'm Bill G. And today's special guest is Leanne Potter. Leanne Potter has been an energy worker and dowser for over 40 years, has been a, uh, a a close friend of the American Society of Dowsers and also a former past president of the American Society of Dowsers. Uh, she is a medical intuitive and learned early on in life that this was something that she really connected with and needed to do. So Leanne, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, Leanne, you were just before the show, we were talking a little bit about your uh, background and what led you into doing this type of work to begin with. So let's just get a quick background, try and flesh that out a little bit. Okay. I, I grew up um, in uh, Northern California. My, uh, my grandfather was a dowser, so he had an ability to dig a hole in the right place, I'm sure he would refer to it as, and uh, and find water. Um, he didn't really show anybody how to do that. He was a pretty secretive individual. But if you watch him uh, do this enough, uh, you can pick up a lot of things. And I started watching him and then looking at other things around, and I could see uh, the kind of energies that he was looking for when he was doing his dowsing and I realized that I could see those in a lot more places than in the ground um, over or near sources of water so I began just looking at everything around me it wasn't anything that that I was really serious about until I got a little older um, because you, you've got to have a, a little broader understanding of the world around you before you can put a lot of energy things in context. Wound up going to school, getting a degree in mechanical engineering. Uh, after that, uh, I did design work, but it was always about in, um, energy because mechanical engineering is about energy in general. But I've found that the more I, I work with it, the more I could see the energy flows in, in pretty much everything around me, whether that be people um, and, and a lot of the illnesses and maladies that they had or 
and vehicles and just every part of life where people do things on a daily basis. You you started out doing the mechanical engineering and being able to, I guess, intuitively, energetically be able to diagnose issues uh, in mechanical machinery as well as with people, right? Yeah, I was doing actual design work and and I would go home and and have a dream about a problem in something that I was designing. And I would wind up going in the next morning and saying that, sure enough, there was a problem, but there was also uh, the, the information present there to have a solution to that problem, too. So it was something that I used at work on pretty much a daily basis to try to solve some of the technical issues that uh, we wound up having in some of the designs. Oh, specifically, what kind of designs were you doing? We, at the time, I was doing um, designs that involved transportable communication systems from the Army. So uh, if you've got a bunch of radios or test equipment or even um, workbenches, they, they'll put that stuff in a, in a shelter of some kind and then on the back of the truck and ship it out. So it was all of the design that goes into how to rack rack mount that equipment so it doesn't fail during shipment and uh, all of that kind of stuff. That's a, that's very interesting. Uh, yeah, you definitely don't want communication equipment to fail when you're in uh, out in the field. <laughs> right. That's that's fascinating, and, and that you were using energy work. You were doing intuitive energy work because I I understand that uh, communications equipment. Uh, especially cell phones and that sort of thing operates on a radio a radio frequency, which can be detected and uh, manipulated through dowsing. Yes, yeah, it, because it's a form of energy, right? And and that was one of the advantages that I had being a mechanical engineer. Um, you kind of get a classical training in in energy and and figuring out things like thermodynamics. Uh, corrosion, which all has an element of energy flow involved in it. And it's really trying to solve problems involving energy in different forms, whether that be heating or cooling or things like corrosion or just the internal stresses from movement that uh, a piece of equipment will see. And you, if you don't have an intuitive kind of understanding, your failure rates for your designs may well tend to, tend to be a little higher because you're, there's just an energy difference there that it helps to really understand and be able to see where it's going in the design. And you can also see that when you're dealing with people too. Yes, because yeah. when people have energetic blocks for whatever reason, whether they're emotional blocks, karmic blocks, or whatever, it will present itself as a stuck energy first before right. it metastasizes into something physical in the body, a disease in the body that is going to cause a problem, you know, sometimes even terminal problem if the, the energy is left unfixed. Yeah. The body is itself just a system of systems, and and they're all 
energy in one form or another, whether it's a circulation problem, it's just the energy of the blood or energy of the uh, the gases in the body because we breathe in and out uh, all the time. Uh, but it also goes into the nerves. The, the nerves are really the backbone of the electrical system of the body. And if you can begin to track those electrical impulses throughout the body, you can start to see where a lot of those kinds of backups or places where the energy isn't flowing quite as well as it should. I was talking to a, uh, a client earlier today, and he was complaining of um, an itchy palm. His palm is itchy. He just he, he just couldn't seem to get any relief from it. And I'm not a medical intuitive. That's not really what I do with my akashic dowsing. So I was like, okay, you want akashic dowsing on this? I'll I'll do some akashic dowsing on this. And so when I um, doused my charts, what came up was persistent stuck energy because what he was doing in his life was trying to expand himself consciously by taking tons and tons of workshops and not being particularly discerning about it, about which kind of term, what kind of um, workshops he was taking. And that was causing a stuck energy pattern in his body that was manifesting as an itchy palm. And I thought that was fascinating when it came up. And, and when I was going through the explanation of the charts and whatever, he was like, I just have an itchy palm. I, I thought maybe you would recommend an ointment or something. And this is, I could tell right off the bat, he was like, this is a lot more than I thought I was going to get by complaining about an itchy palm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It It's it's very often subtle things that, that wind up making uh, a big difference with people. My, uh, my wife had... Uh, somebody who worked for her who he was a young guy fresh out of college and and he wound up coming in asked for some time off because he needed to go see a cardiologist in new york city not the kind of guy you would expect to be having any kind of heart problems so she asked him to come over and and let me take a, a look at him and see what was what was going on and he'd been to several doctors in the local area and nobody had any idea why he was having these chest pains and they'd done lots and lots of testing uh, on him already. So he came over and I did my thing. It usually involves looking at, at pressure points on the back of the hand. And what I found uh, was that he had an allergy to almonds that caused a micro fluctuation, uh, just a little bit of movement in one of the valves of his heart that was creating this problem. And I said, the easy way to test this is to avoid uh, anything almond for a couple of weeks and then uh, try a couple and, and see what happens. Uh, well, he, he did that for two weeks, he avoided anything almond and then uh, he wound up going to another party with some of the other interns there uh, on a weekend and wound up having, I think, two or three almonds. Mm -hmm. And within just a few hours, the uh, the chest pains had come back. And, you know, it, it's it's good to be able to have that level of diagnostic ability but what's troubling is there is no medical test 
known in in the medical community that will find that degree of subtle action on on a nerve because of an almond right right and a lot of people have sensitivity to to right. tree nuts, a certain tree nuts and whatever right. but it's if when it's that subtle yeah it's like okay because what i think when you're doing allergy testing you're looking for like you know, rashes yeah rashes and anaphylaxis <laughs> and you know you're looking for big stuff and if you're not getting that you know the doctor says oh no you're not electric you're not allergic <laughs> right so um when you see people to for medical intuitive work uh you mentioned right before the we started recording that you are doing a lot of focus on back issues mm-hmm so um so if somebody comes to see you and say um they have you know pain in their back what are you what are your initial thoughts original right off the bat well i i it's it's important that you don't go into something like this with any preconceived notions about what might be wrong right so what i usually do is i start at the uh, at the shoulders and the neck and then slowly work my way down the spine to see where the energy flows are not going the way that they're supposed to. So um, when you go down the, uh, the the spine, you'll see the different, um, you, you can feel the different energy flows coming out of the different parts of the spine and you just track those. Um, but you can also put one hand um, like on your left shoulder and then down on your right hip and begin to input energy um, into the shoulder, just trace amounts and then move your hand along the, uh, the base of the spine uh, across the back of the person to see where you still can pick up that signal that you're inputting into the body to see where there's continuity. Because more often than not, it's a it's a discontinuity that's that's there, and once you find an area in the lower part of the back where the signal uh, that you're putting in is not as strong as you would normally expect, or that you see in other places, there, you start tracing it back up through the back to find out where it is, and it more often than not is like a kinked nerve. It, it could be a nerve sheath that doesn't have an adequate coating on it, uh, which is usually a sign of a zinc deficiency. But if you can't really find what the source of that issue is, then you start looking at past events, not necessarily in this life, uh, but that's generally where you start. But you go back in past lives and see what has happened. And there are a lot of people who, um, as they progressed in their life paths uh, through the, uh, the, the, the Dark Ages and in medieval Europe, where they were um, struck on the back by swords spears boards i've seen people that have been involved in building collapses where there was residual karmic energy there and 
that's a little bit different because you you can't just treat the energy because the time difference between when it happened and now uh, there's an offset there that correlates to a physical distance. And that physical distance depends on how many years in the past that happened. So if for, for instance, um, you were struck in a, in the back by a sword during a fight or something or a war situation, um, you might have to adjust something uh, by a couple of inches in order to reestablish the flow and clear that old karmic energy. Whereas if it happened like uh, in the uh, in the 1940s, uh, like during World War II, it it would be relatively close to where the actual pain is or the discontinuity in the energy. And and by treating this as an energy flow. Um, independent of an organic cause, you can generally find uh, what where that energy is flowing. You can ask it questions. Why are you there? What is the origin of this? You can ask to be shown to uh, take take me to where this happened and show me the circumstances. You can ask all of those kinds of questions and get answers for it. And that really helps a lot when you're trying to heal. That's fascinating. Uh, so could you give us an example of um, a success story that really stands out in your mind uh, where someone came to you and always had pain for their entire lives and all of a sudden the pain was gone? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the one that we talked about before we started. Um, I had a friend in the, uh, in the Washington, D.C. area whose elderly mother had always had uh, back pain and did not remember uh, a time in her life when it didn't hurt a lot and affect her mobility. So he asked if I could come over and take a look at her. And I said, sure. So I had her laid down on the, on the couch uh, on her stomach and I began looking at her back. And there really wasn't anything that she experienced in this current life that was the source of the problem. So I began looking a little deeper and from a, a time perspective. And what I found was in a past life, um, she had been a slave in the South and she had been beaten severely many, many times. And I was able to look at each of those instances and go back to that time and remove the energies that were associated with those blows. So, and, and things like, um, uh, not knife wounds, but uh, um, a big cutting device like a machete. She had some of those kinds of wounds there. And just do a repair where you're removing that energy from that location and just discarding it. And then you replace it with essentially new energy that you, that you get from, from your own energy field. And uh, I worked on her for about 30 minutes, clearing all of these uh, uh, hundreds of year old energies and 
when I was finished, she got up, did a little uh, dancey kind of a walk to the front door and said, I've never been without pain before. And that's just an example. I've, I've worked on people who were involved in some of the great Italian wars of um, uh, Julius Caesar, for instance, uh, way back in ancient times where they had been struck and in a lot of times killed by the, uh, the, the big swords and, and all of that kind of thing. And you just go in and you just, you're dealing with it on an energy level, trying to find it. And it's, I've not been able to not heal somebody uh, when I'm doing this. It's fantastic. So how can people find you if they're interested in having you do some work? Uh, do you work remotely? I guess is the first question. Do you remote work remotely or are you only in person? Um, for, for this kind of healing work, I, I really prefer to do it in person because there are a lot of subtle elements to this, um, that you may not get if you're doing the work remotely. Some people don't have a problem working remotely, but I much prefer, uh, a hand, more of a hands-on approach so that I can see what is going on. And that also helps me look at this from a perspective of time and space, um, because that is hard to do remotely, because there are some areas where time does funny things, and it's hard to sense those adequately if you're doing those remotely. So where are you located? <laughs> I, I am physically located in northern New Hampshire. In, uh, in a little town called Lancaster. Uh, but I go to the Dowsers Annual Convention uh, and I am um, I travel uh, a fair amount. So I can certainly meet somebody uh, somewhere if it's not too far a distance. And this is kind of work that I've been doing for probably 20, 30 years. Excellent. So how can if somebody wanted to reach out to you as a to have a possibility of a meetup, uh, how would they contact? What's the best way to contact you? Email me. Uh, Email is probably the best one. And my email address is lee77p as in Paul at gmail.com. Excellent. So Leanne, thank you so much for talking with us today about your work and and your journey. And uh, we Hope to uh, to talk again. This is fan- this has been fascinating. Thank you, and thank you everyone out there for listening. And we will see you again next time. Thank you for listening. For more information about Bill and Nina G, please go to www.vitalbioenergetics.com. See you next time.